And this is the moment that saved my life because I sat up, closed my eyes, and for the first time in five days, I could see what my thoughts were saying. And they were like, you can't even get your daughter to breastfeed. You're a horrible mother. Like your daughter would be better off without you. We believe that not just babies are born, mothers are born too. We're your hosts, Lara, a labor and delivery nurse and aspiring midwife, and Melissa, a mother and doula. Welcome to Mother Birth, a space for thought-provoking and inspirational conversations about birth and the deep exploration of what it means to become a mother. Hey everybody, welcome to Mother Birth today. We've got a really special episode this week for you and we're super excited to be chatting with Anna Gannon today. She is a mom, a writer, and the community guide at Expectful, which is a guided meditation app that we are really excited about launching a collaboration with this month. And we're going to be doing some really exciting things over the next few weeks, including a guided group where we're going to be focusing on mindfulness. So we'll be talking about that throughout the episode today and how you can get involved Involved. But let's go ahead and hear from Anna. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself before we get into your story? Yeah, sure. So thanks for having me, guys. Really excited to be here. Uh, my name's Anna Gannon. I am a mother. I am the community guide and co-founder of Expectful, which is a, a newer title for me, and we'll get into <laughs> why. Uh, I'm also a yoga meditation teacher and a writer. And yeah, I mean, that's the gist of, of what I do. Uh, I live in New York City. I've been here for oh, about eight years. And my daughter is a little over two. So we're in the toddler stage, which is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> like fun, fun, and also fun, fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're, you're in the thick of it for sure. And we can't wait to hear about your motherhood journey and kind of how that ties into your work around mindfulness and meditation and yoga. Um, do you want to kind of maybe take us back to the very start of how you started your journey into motherhood? Yeah, sure. So about, you know, over three years ago, I was a full-time yoga instructor in downtown Manhattan, and I was trying to get pregnant for about six months, which at the time, you know, felt like forever. But now that I work in the realm of fertility, pregnancy, and motherhood, I absolutely know that that's not forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the studio that I was working at, I was also a manager there. And what happened is that there was there was a lot of stress. You know, it, it surprises people a lot to hear that in a yoga studio environment, uh, you can experience stretch, stress as mm-hmm. someone that works there. But, right. you know, whenever you're working with people, it just happens, right? Right. So after six months of, of trying to get pregnant, I stepped down from managing the studio. And the next month I conceived. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that that was interesting, you know, but I also was just so excited to be pregnant that I just went with it. So I continued to teach full time there and got up until seven and a half months pregnant. And one day I walked in to where I worked and they told me that they were letting go of all of their instructors. So Mm. I ended up at seven and a half months pregnant without a job. And 
as you can imagine, you know, I'm already feeling a lot just preparing to be a new mother. And then Mm -hmm. on top of that, you know, you naturally start to think about finances and what you're going to do past the time of giving birth. And then the other uh, little added bonus there was that throughout my entire life, I've struggled with depression Mm -hmm. and it's been waves and that have come and gone throughout my life. And yoga was something that really held it together. You know, like I would still experience it from time to time, but I would have bigger lulls where I would feel more up than down. Hmm. So when this happened, I was naturally worried because I thought, okay, you know, I'm seven and a half months pregnant. I don't do well with not having anything to do. And I was worried that I was going to drop into a depression And something just intuitively felt like I, this couldn't possibly be good for my baby if I fell into Mm -hmm. a depression. Like I just, I was immediately concerned about it. So I lot, I, you know, got let go on a Wednesday, taught my last class on that Friday, two days later. And after I taught my last class and I was thinking about, you know, oh gosh, Anna, you have to try and stay up. What can you do to just stay positive during this time? And I already felt the pulling down. Yeah. I get this email from a good friend of mine named Dan Ryan, and he's a hypnotherapist. And I had worked with him a few times and he had heard what had happened, that I'd lost my job. And he was like, hey, Anna, you know, I'm so sorry that this happened. I do want to tell you, though, that I've been working with this, this company, Expectful, to write some meditations for pregnancy. They're in beta right now. And I think it just might be something that's really good for you if you want to jump in the beta. Hmm. So being a yoga instructor, I think it also surprises people that I did not have a meditation practice and nor did I have any desire (laughs) to Hmm. have one. Um, Yoga was very physical for me. That's where I got all the benefits just from moving my body. Uh, The mind was, you know, something I thought about when, when I was down in my depression, but it wasn't ever something that I went into to see if I could solve what was happening ever. Yeah. Yeah. So he sends me this email and I was reluctant because I had tried meditation here and there and it, it never worked for me. I I didn't understand why anyone would want to just sit and not do anything, if I, <laughs> you know, to, to tell the truth. Yep. I'm with you. But it, yeah. Right. I mean, it's natural. I hear it all the time. Uh, so, but because I was pregnant, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this one because I have nothing else to do. I had just lost my job and two, because I was, I was worried about how it could affect my baby. So, and I had low expectations because expectful was a beta. And whenever you hear the word beta, you know, you're kind of like, ah, they're just trying something out. So I was like, okay. So I set a goal to meditate for 30 days. I set 30 day goals for myself a lot. And I thought this would be a good one. And jumped on their platform. They only had, I think like seven meditations at the time. They were just in 10 or 20 minutes. And I, you know, I'm only doing 10. There was no way I was going to sit for 20. (laughs) Start small. (laughs) Exactly. So I sat down and, you know, within, I would say the first three days, I couldn't believe how different I felt inside. Hmm. And what is crazy is that it it rolled right into into my life 
like I could see that instead of wanting to stay in bed, which is something that I do when I'm depressed, just stay in my room, stay in bed, you know, Mm -hmm. close the curtains, stay in a dark place. I was going outside for long walks. I was going to the grocery store, picking up things to make, cooking dinner. My husband was coming home like, what's going on? Mm. You know, I was setting up for the baby. I was, I was in full-blown nesting. Like I just felt alive. And to have just lost not only my job, but my community, because I really love the people yeah. that I worked with, to see this shift, I almost like I didn't recognize myself. Mm. So I immediately just knew something was there. And I fell in love with it. I continued on for the next three months until I gave birth. And somewhere in between starting the meditations and giving birth, I jumped on the phone with um, Expectful's founder, which is a man, uh, an unmarried man with no kids, Mm. (laughs) just super surprising. Uh, And I'll get into, into why that is. But he was asking for feedback after they had created these meditations. So I gave him my feedback, told him I loved it and, you know, wiped my hands clean and was like really grateful for Expectful, but now I'm a new mom. <laughs> so your your commitment or involvement at that point was just in testing it as a pregnant woman, not necessarily like creating or introducing any content. Exactly. Okay. Just doing the meditations. That's it. So, you know, I gave birth and... <laughs> that just spun me out um, as like giving birth does, at least for me, I did. And two weeks after I gave birth, the founder of Expectful Facebook messaged me because we had become friends on Facebook. And he was like, Hey, Anna, um, I just created this, this role for Expectful. I need a community guide. And at the time he didn't have any, it was just him. You know, he had people that helped him create the meditations, but that was it. It was just him. He was like, I think you'd be a really good person. You know, do you want to maybe like sit down for an interview? Hmm. And then I was like, "Hmm, well, I really like the meditations. I don't have a job. So maybe, so I jump on a phone with him and he tells me his story. And in short, his story is that his name's Mark, his mother's parents we're in the Holocaust. And because of that, his mother grew up kind of always in fear, hmm. you know, fear that, that anything could go wrong at any moment. Mm-hmm. And when she had him, you know, she naturally, she had anxiety and that came out in her parenting, not on purpose, but just because yeah. that's, you know, we, we use what we have yeah, and right. she used what she had at the time. And he grew up with ADD and he felt like he was always really like affected by his, the emotional struggles that his mother went through. And in his late twenties, he started meditating and it changed his life. And he got really curious because he thinks so much about his childhood and his mother that what would have happened is if his mom had meditated when she was pregnant with him. Mm -hmm. So he looked into the research behind meditation pregnancy and just like couldn't believe that there was science behind it and that no one was really talking about a woman's mind during pregnancy. Like all the focus was on her body. Mm. Right. So he started to create these meditations and he told me this story and, you know, granted I'm two weeks postpartum, so I am more emotional (laughs) than normal. Uh, But he tells me this story and I just, I burst into tears and I felt like my heart opened and I, I just, I put down the phone with him. I walked outside in my bedroom, looked at my husband and was like, listen, 
I don't even know what my name is right now because I was so like out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, but all I know is I really want this job and I need your help to like get me ready for like a real face to face interview. Mm-hmm. So my husband kind of, you know, helped me with that. A week later, I met with Mark and the rest is history. Uh, I joined the team. It was just him and I for a good long while. Now we're a team of five. (laughs) We're still super small. Um, but yeah, I went on to help him to create all the, the meditations for pregnancy, breaking them into trimester specific meditations, went into fertility meditations and now motherhood. And we just, we take women through the whole journey and it's been quite the journey for me as well, just sticking with the meditation and learning so much from it. Well, and so I was, Go ahead, Laura. <laughs> I wanted to go and yeah, I wanted to go back and ask how you felt using the meditations for three months, what that, what the, how that impacted your birth and kind of how you approached that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get asked that question a lot. <laughs> so with, with my birth, I, I didn't prepare for birth. That's number one. Uh, you should know I'm the youngest of seven children and my mom never complained a day in her life and always made motherhood look effortless. And she never had any, you know, pain killers or anything like that when it came to birth. So I really looked at birth and postpartum as something that was, that I was just naturally going to be good Mm -hmm. at (laughs) because my mom was. Um, So I didn't prepare at all. And I was just went in there like, uh, I don't want like any, pain medication unless I asked for it. And if I asked for it, that's fine. Like I was just very like, I'm just going to go in and whatever happens, happens. I, I really didn't take control of my birth. So I, at the time, didn't even think about incorporating meditation into it. I think I was still so stuck and connected to my thoughts that I, I just didn't bring it into birth. Mm. Um, if I do have another child, it will be such a different story as far as like incorporating mindfulness techniques, meditation, you know, all different things, breathing, you know, different kind of breathing things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it didn't really affect my birth, but I will tell you that it changed, it it saved my life in postpartum. Mm -hmm. And and here's why, because right after I had my daughter, um, we immediately had like breastfeeding issues. And what I mean by that is that she latched right away. The nurse looked at me and was like, wow, I've never seen a baby latch so quickly. Like this amazing. I didn't know anything better or worse. So I was like, yeah, this is great. Um, And she just completely tore up my, my breast Mm. to the point where like they were bleeding and just, it was bad. But again, you know, my adrenaline was rushing. So I'm just thinking this, this is what happens, you know, and I'm not, I'm also just not thinking about me. I'm thinking about my baby, Mm -hmm. you know, and just getting the nutrition. So that night I gave birth at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon that evening, my husband left and a nurse came in and looked, took one look at my breast and was like, you're, you're not allowed to breastfeed. You have to, um, you know, push, you have to self extract like the, the colostrum. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks. And that was tough. I I didn't know how to do that. She didn't show me. I had a very like traumatic experience. I completely then bruised both of my breasts all around. Um, just being so driven to get out that little bit, um, which I did. And 
went on to, you know, go home and the, the breastfeeding issues continued and my daughter just could not latch and she was losing weight. And there was a point one night where I went into my bedroom and I remember just like looking at the bed and being so scared because she hadn't been, the nights had just been her screaming Mm -hmm. because she was so hungry and me just being patient and just trying to feed her. And this one night it went on for six hours. She screamed straight for six hours and I tried to feed her six hours straight. And, you know, on top of like not being able to feed her, I wasn't sleeping. Mm -hmm. And any, any new mom will tell you like sleep deprivation. It's just, it, it, it really boggles my mind that there is not more, um, assistance when it comes to postpartum, when it comes to sleep, Yeah, because it will just, it could really throw anything off. So that all was going on and I wasn't meditating. You know, I'd meditated all the way up to birth. And then these five days after giving birth, meditation was not a thought in my mind. Yeah, you're just you know, like way, totally like many yeah. other things yeah, to think exactly. about. Yeah. But because of the no sleep, because of this anxiety and stress, I was, I just ended up sitting on the couch and laying down and thinking like, I should just go. I live in New York City. There's a subway outside of my window. And and it's difficult for me to talk about this, but it's also the truth. And I think it needs to be said that I had this thought, like I should just go lay on the subway tracks mm-hmm. because my daughter would be better off without me. Wow. And I was like, okay. So I went into my room and I was like, I need to get some sleep. I tried to sleep and I couldn't. Like just, you know, it's like that thing when you need sleep so much, sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah. So it's like, you know what, I'm just going to sit up and I'm going to meditate. And this is the moment that saved my life because I sat up, closed my eyes. And for the first time in five days, I could see what my thoughts were saying. And they were like, you can't even get your daughter to breastfeed. You're a horrible mother. Like your daughter would be better off without you. You know, all these things. And I just see them going in my head and I was for a moment detached from them. And I was like, oh gosh, like I need to like meditate or else this is, I'm going to go into postpartum depression because I already had depression in my mm-hmm. history. Right. So that was the moment where meditation became a non-negotiable everyday thing that I did, even if it was just for a minute, just to check in. Yeah. And with that said, I went through postpartum depression, but meditation kept me just far enough away to not fully get immersed, but like I could see myself going through it, if that Absolutely. makes sense. So yeah, yeah, it really, it really did something for me. Well, and there's so many, you know, the, the range of, of, you know, perinatal mood disorders is, is so great. And there are obviously different kinds of mood disorders, but even the spectrum of experiencing depression or anxiety or any of those things can really, you know, can, it's, it's not constant either. It can really ebb and flow. And I think that sometimes people think that, you know, it's one or the other, either you're, you know, you don't suffer from postpartum depression ever once. And you're just like completely blissfully happy with your newborn or you're in the pit of despair and there's, you know, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that that's not true for so many people, but I think that what you're saying highlights that even more that there are things we can do that won't necessarily remove the experience that we're having, but that can really help us to manage it. And, and that's true of, of anyone in life. I mean, and you know, this more than anyone, if it helped you with your depression before you, you had an infant, you know, it's, it's something that we know, 
these practices really benefit our minds and really allow us to to put ourselves in a posture that that is um you know, that can offset those challenges that we face. And I think, you know, when you describe that moment of feeling like, gosh, I would just be better off. My daughter would be better off without me if I, if I were to just go and, and do this thing, you know, like you describe laying on the tracks. I mean, that's, that is the kind of thought that borders on almost postpartum psychosis. But the difference is, is that you then said, oh my gosh, that's not a rational thought. And, and we're able to like move through that feeling and that thought. Whereas, you know, sometimes people don't have that, that, that reality check, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I know that from depression, like I have been in depressions where there, you can't see the way out. There is no way out, you know? And then I've been in ones like my postpartum where I could see it happening, but I could tell that I wasn't Mm -hmm. And that made a big, a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. When would you say that that sort of acute initial period of postpartum depression, when did that sort of start to ease off? Yeah. I mean, I always feel like I was later in the game, but really like what is relative, right? Like all the women that I speak to, it's so different. Um, I I think I felt like my head slowly started to come above water around six Mm -hmm. months. Uh, and, and that's really because I started working for Expectful a month after I gave birth and I was working from home while taking care of my daughter alone, uh, as a first time mom, like not knowing what she was doing and no family around, you know, like I don't have anyone, any help. Uh, so, and the breastfeeding issues continued. Mm -hmm. So around six months, yeah, I just, there, I, I started to supplement with formula around six months, which I'm sure there's something connected to that, uh. But yeah, that's when I really was like, huh, like I felt like I could breathe a little bit better. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people describe relief, you know, around that period. And I'm curious since then, you know, your daughter's a little over two now, how has mindfulness and meditation specifically helped you through, like, have you had additional or, you know, have you had subsequent bouts of depression that you have worked through that mindfulness has helped with? Hmm. What an interesting thing for you to be asking me that right now. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, I, I meditate mm-hmm. every day. Uh, if not, if not twice a day, <laughs> once in the morning and once in the afternoon, um, it has completely transformed my entire life. Like, and especially my motherhood journey and, and really allowed me to go through the ups and downs of motherhood. Uh, the reason why I kind of laughed when you asked me that is because this last month that we just finished up, um, I went through a pretty deep depression and I was really thrown by it because I haven't been in one in a, in a really long mm-hmm. time. Uh, you know, I went through it in postpartum, but when you go through something in postpartum, you feel like it happens for a reason, sure. right? It's like you became a new mom there. You can like see yeah, why there's an explanation. Yeah. And this one, there wasn't. Um, and I think that that's what really threw me off. Like, and I was trying so hard to understand and my daughter, you know, she's toddler, she, we had to take down the crib wall and she hasn't been sleeping. And that definitely I'm sure contributed to it. Cause then I'm not sleeping. And, you know, I deal with her screaming like at the top of her lungs for a long time 
because she like doesn't want to sleep in her, her mm-hmm. bed. Uh, so I think that really did mess with my mind, but again, I continue to meditate. Like there, there's no way I would ever stop meditation. Like that is how deeply it has impacted my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to stay, even though I went deep, I was able to stay on that clearing. But just as I've started to come out these last, I mean, it, it hasn't even been a week, these last few days, I've started to realize that my meditation practice, when I use it outside of sitting, like sitting and closing my eyes, use it in the real world. And I'll give you an example today. Um, everything went wrong today. Like my daughter woke up really early. She was like just in a sensitive mood. Everything was, you know, not okay. Everything made her cry. I went to go visit my brother, like to go see his dog. It took me an hour to get there and there was no parking when I got there. Like everything that you could think of was going the opposite direction than Mm -hmm. I wanted it. And I just kept repeating out loud to myself, you have a choice. And the reason I was saying that is because I knew I had a choice in every moment to either let the thoughts that were surely there, that were trying to take me back into the depression that I was in, take me back, or I had a choice to see that I wasn't Mm. them. And I got through the whole day being totally fine just recognizing that I had a choice. So it's little like, that's obviously the most um, fresh in my mind because it just happened today, but there's been things like this that had ha- that have happened throughout the last two years that have just really allowed me to like show up as the mom that I want to be, you know, to show up on this call mm-hmm. with you today mm-hmm. as like a, a mom who works. Um, it's just, yeah. I, it's hard because, you know, obviously like I talk about meditation for a living and, you know, I'm the co-founder of the app, but I would talk about it even if I right. wasn't <laughs> because it's just so amazing, like how much it can transform your yeah. life, you know? Yeah. I love how you talk about watching your thoughts. That's something my husband meditates a lot and much more than has much more experience with it than I certainly do. He's been meditating for years and, you know, he will meditate for long periods of time, which does still boggle my mind because I, I, I just don't have, I don't even have the time for, for it. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he talks a lot about that, that idea of just like watching your thoughts. And like you just said, like you are not your thoughts. And I think that we, I mean, our identity as humans, and I, th- I think especially as women and mothers is so, so complex and so wrapped up in all kinds of things that it really isn't. And I think that our association, the way we associate ourselves with our thoughts, I can't, I can't even, I can't even express how much I assume and just believe that the constant, you know, the thoughts that are constantly running through my head, that that's who I am, you know, and to be able to separate Mm. yourself from those is so incredibly powerful. And I have experienced that, you know, a number of times and a number of times through meditation, you know, the first time I really ever meditated with any success was during my last pregnancy. My daughter was born a year ago, um, a year ago on Valentine's day. And she, when I was pregnant with her, it was really the first time that I did any meditation. And, um, I used the expectful app. Um, and I also did some, some different, like, you know, visualization exercises as I was getting closer to birth and some hypnobirthing type meditations, guided meditations and that sort of thing. And it was the, um, 
the first time that I experienced that ability to separate myself from my thoughts and to truly see that I am, I am not them. So I, I'd love for you to even just talk a little bit more about that, because I think that that's such a trap for women. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it actually, it hit me because I, I watched this TED talk once and I, I can't tell you who the speaker was. I can't even tell you what she was speaking about. But the first thing that she says when she walks up on the stage is, we know we're not our thoughts because we have them. Mm. And it's something that has always stuck with me because it's like just this way to kind of switch it. Like we do know that, <laughs> you know, like obviously, yeah. like we're the one that's having the thought. So who's, who's the one, right. <laughs> you know, like there's someone else. Um, so let, I'll get into, into meditation a little bit because obviously that's where this all stems from. But what made me also realize that was the fact that meditation, you know, the whole premises of it is to get you to be more present in your life. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And how you do that is by letting thoughts just kind of pass by. And one thing that we talk about on Expectful is that your thoughts aren't the enemy of meditation. Effort is. Mm. And what we mean by that is that your mind thinks like that's its function. Its function is to think and to process thoughts. And when you hear like it during meditation, you're supposed to stop thinking Right. That's impossible. Yeah. And it makes it so intimidating. So intimidating because then everyone starts a meditation practice. They can't stop their thoughts and they quit. Yeah. And the whole purpose of meditation is not to stop thinking. So the whole thing is just focusing on your breath or focusing on a mantra or focusing on a guided meditation and seeing that, that, yeah, you're not your thoughts. I don't know if I'm answering your question completely. (laughs) but does that make sense? It does. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love, I love what you've just described because it's, I think the effort often comes just from the misery of feeling like, oh, I can't stop my thoughts. You know, like I'm meditating and it's not working. I'm just spinning, 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 spinning. And like 90% of the effort is just like beating yourself up (laughs) because that's what's happening. It's, yeah, it's so debilitating. And I, Yeah. And I think that really carries over just in supporting women in the process of pregnancy and birth and even early motherhood is so many times you have all of these thoughts, you know, maybe you have 15 really intense fears or anxieties or even hopes. Maybe we'll just talk about breastfeeding since that was a huge part of your journey. And so when you go and I talk with women and sit with them in those spaces, it's like, there's, there, there's no good. in you just holding those thoughts captive to yourself. Yes. And so by being some, you know, we talk about this so much on uh, with this community It's like by being someone who's willing to go over, sit down with Anna and say, it seems like breastfeeding has been really difficult. Like what's, what's been going on? Tell me more about it. And you could say everything from like, I don't even think my breasts were made to, to feed my baby or like somehow I feel like we don't match or somehow I feel like no matter what I do, nothing's working. And I feel like I would just feel less stressed if I actually was supplementing and like all of the thoughts Mm -hmm. that you feel like are on this list of like, I can never say that out loud to my friend who had like an orgasmic home birth who breastfed for three years Mm. and she'll totally judge me. But those thoughts begin to become a, it's a sickness really in your brain where you're telling yourself over and over again, why, why you're not a good mother and why you are, why you're 
unqualified. And I think I love what you're saying about meditation being a place where you kind of like almost recycle those thoughts. Yeah, like release them. (laughs) Yeah, you have to bring them out. You have to see them clearly. You have to let them go and you have to fill yourself with with the truth, which is that you were, you were made to be this, to mother, you're made to mother, this little creature you have. And I don't know. I think that that for me, watching women who are willing to do that are willing to kind of like take that space and also listen to them, their intuition and their own, their own thoughts, their own positive thoughts too. Yeah. We talk about it on expectful a lot, especially when, when I joined the team, you know, Mark and I were trying to figure out like, what, what do we want Expectful to actually be? You know, like it's a, it's a meditation app, but how do we want it to feel mm-hmm. when people go there? And being a new mother, I was like so fresh in the game, you know? And, and I was like, I really just feel like in my life, I can't get anything right. And I feel like Expectful needs to be a place where you go and you, and you know you're getting it yeah. right. Like no matter what you do, you go there and you're getting it right. And so much of what you're like touching on about release, like releasing to be able to talk to someone like that's huge, you know, because we we do live in this, in this bubble in our head and we all are walking around. Like sometimes I just look at people and just imagine the whole world inside of them Mm. that they're creating in that moment through their thoughts. And Sometimes verbally saying them is really, really helpful. Like you said, if you have a good friend, but what I love about expectful is that you don't have to leave your house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have this place, this corner that you create for yourself and yeah, you just go in and instead of focusing on putting like effort in there, you incorporate ease and ease has been like the best thing I've done in my meditation practice. Whenever I see thoughts that are like, oh God, you're such like a horrible meditator. Like, why are you even doing this? Or you're, you're such a bad mom or why were you late for this? Or you didn't get this done or whatever. And I, I can just say just like ease Mm -hmm. or grace, you know, give yourself grace. And the more you do that, you start to flip off the switch of all the negative thoughts and flip on the positive ones. And then you just, you walk into life that like that, then, Mm -hmm. you know, the more that you meditate, the more you kind of get into that cycle and switch your, your thought process, then you switch it when you're not in meditation and that snowballs into your life. And, and that's the really great part about it because that can change your life. Yeah. You know, it's like when you go and work out and you get healthier and that can change the longevity of your life, this can change the presence of your life. So, you know, even if you're going, you're going to have a day no matter what, right? Like you're having this day, you're having this moment. Why not be fully present in it? Especially at the time like parenthood, it's the most important time to be present. Mm. Watching your children grow up and how quickly they change these phases, they start and are gone before we even know it. And Something I've been thinking about so much, especially with what I shared about this last month being in depression, is that, you know, my daughter is going through this phase, like I mentioned, with not sleeping. But I have a choice to either focus on the fact that she's not sleeping, like focus on what you could call, quote, unquote, unquote, you know, the the negative part of this phase. Or I could look at the beautiful thought and like, or the beautiful parts, which is she's just starting to form sentences, you know, she's playing like hide and go seek more because that's also going to be gone in the next phase. So it's just, yeah, it creates, it shifts your entire, entire perspective. Yeah. And I, I love too, how you're talking about the ease part of it. I think 
I think ease can also expand to just the idea of being of accessibility. And I think that like we've touched on already, meditating can be so intimidating for people because they feel like they can't stop their thoughts or, you know, you, there are examples of meditation that they've seen are, you know, gurus who go into trances for weeks on end or, you know, whatever that looks like. I mean, for me, I personally have been intimidated by, of meditation because of my husband's practice. Like he's a very experienced meditator, if that's the, if that's a word. And, you know, he'll, he'll do this thing where he like looks at one thought for two hours and I'm like, that's not fair. You know? So (laughs) how, how do you start when you have these images in your head? And I love that it doesn't have to look like that. Like we wouldn't tell someone who wants to become more active that they should go straight to running a marathon or that they should even start running. You know, we would tell them like, you should just go for a walk in the morning, like, and enjoy it (laughs) and, and see how that changes your day or your life, you know? And I, I love how expectful is set up for that ease and for that access where it's like, okay, if you, do you want to meditate for two minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes, or, you know, how do you want to incrementally grow this in a way that is, going to feel doable and manageable and enjoyable, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It it really made me think when you said that, like, you know, you compare it to your husband's, which that, that is uh, very impressive. I have to say. He's he's crazy. (laughs) He's crazy. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) But yeah, I, I read, I think I read this or I heard it on a podcast once. Um, this, this guy was describing this moment where this older man was dying And he was talking to a priest and he was like, he said to the priest as he was dying, please ask God to forgive me because I I didn't live my life like Moses. And the priest said, what you're failing to realize is that God didn't want you to live your life like Moses. He wanted you to live your life. Like I think his name was Peter and, and what he, I'm not religious. um, But what he was trying to say in that is just, you know, live your own life. And like, you can't, you're not supposed to match up against anyone else. And that falls into the practice of meditation as well. Like do it the way that it, that it looks right for you. And then it fits into your life and don't try and be something else because the moment that you try and be like something else, you're just, you're putting effort in and you're just like rubbing up against something and making it hard. Yeah. 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 I've never, I've never, talked about it in that way, like the effort of it versus, you know, versus these other ways that we think about meditation. And that that's something I'm really going to take with me is just, just that piece for sure. That's really helpful. So I'm curious too, in, you know, basically your entire motherhood journey has been kind of encompassed by this, this work with expectful that you've done. And as as that has kind of changed and it sounds like grown in some ways over the years, do you feel like the ways that you've been able to, you know, to grow in, in your, you know, work as, uh, do you still practice and teach yoga as well? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So how has that kind of impacted just the way you, you relate to your own life and to your own community. I know you've talked, you've like kind of hinted at little things. Like if I, if I gave birth again, I would do that very differently. Or, you know, talking about how you didn't have a lot of community around you when your first daughter was born. Like how has this journey changed the way you set up your life? If I can put it that way. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's changed everything, especially like through expectful being the community guide. I think about community all the time. And from the first, one of the first things of my job to do was to speak to all the women that were meditating unexpectful. So like all these pregnant women, all these new moms and to have like hour long conversations with them, like women that I've never met. And through that, I did that for like six months. And I just, I learned how much we need conversation and how much we need to share and be heard and to mm. listen And that's really impacted the way that I handle my position. You know, like we created a Be Expectful Facebook group that is totally thriving. Like when you become a member, you go in there. There's over 800 women in there right now. And it's all just supportive conversations about, and this is the other thing that really gets me. It's for preparing to conceive pregnancy and Mm. motherhood. And that's not something that you see a lot. Because they're very different areas and I consciously put them together because I really believe that as women, we can support each other. And when someone's down, we can lift up. So I put all these women into this group and I, we haven't had like one negative post. We haven't had like anyone, you know, uh, challenging anyone like in, in a negative way. And I really think that's because when women come there, they feel like they can speak and, and show their emotions and really be heard and, and not have to worry about if they're going to be judged or not. You know, it's like a, it's like planet fitness. I don't know if you guys are aware it's like judgment free zone. (laughs) I think about that a lot with our Facebook group. And it's also went into us uh, creating expectful circles, which is like in-person meetings that we do for pregnant women, their partners and parents And we just get into a room and talk about what's going on. And we meditate together and just talk about the emotional side of all of this. Because really, it's not being talked about in the places that it should. Like when you become pregnant, you go to see your doctor and they're like, here's a prenatal vitamin. Here's a nutritionist. Here's, you know, what to to do and Mm -hmm. not do as far as working out. But no one says what are you doing for your emotions or gives you any kind of tool? So we're just trying to create these areas and create these little communities where women can come together and yeah, have a place, like I said before, where they feel like they can get Mm. it right. Yeah. It's so good. It's so rare what you've described. I mean, there's, there's hardly a Facebook group that exists that isn't, you know, full of negativity. And we've talked about this with guests before. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's such a double edged sword because it's so wonderful in this day and age that you can, you can get really, really finely tuned specific support for, you know, wherever you're at in, in life, whether it's that you're, you know, in the, in the motherhood context, maybe you're experiencing, you know, infertility and you have, and you've, you know, been in that place for years or you're, you know, you're going through artificial insemination and you really just want to connect with other women who have that same experience. And that's so wonderful and lovely and necessary. And yet at the same time, it does, it does sort of create these, these bubbles, I think is a word you used where then you have a hard time connecting with people that aren't in that stage. And we also talk a lot with women who, when they move from one of those stages, maybe you've experienced infertility or you've experienced loss. And when you move to the stage Mm -hmm. where now you like you get pregnant or you have a baby, suddenly you're, you're faced with survivor's guilt and you feel like you can't connect with those women who 
you know, you previously were so connected to. And I think that that's a really, a really painful experience for women and a really unfortunate experience that I, I love that you're describing this broader group that, that invites people into celebrating and, and supporting, you know, the, the whole spectrum of the experience of motherhood, because the truth is, is that we, we do, but we all belong to each other it, and not just two people that had a miscarriage on the same day, you know, and it's great that they find each other, but we also all need each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so happy that you brought up loss because I personally, I've, I've never experienced a, a pregnancy loss, but through doing this work, I, it's, you know, it, it happens a lot and I get emails weekly from women telling me about their experiences. And it's just, it, it rang so true to my heart, like how much, just how much women need other women in times like that and how much they just need to like either just have someone hold space for them. Like sometimes they don't even need to say things. Like a lot of times I think women email me because they don't know me personally and they can just throw stuff on a page. And after seeing that so many times we created, I don't know if you guys know this, but we have meditations for loss Mm -hmm. and yeah, they're not on our platform uh, for a reason because we want them to be free. So we created like a whole pregnancy loss page on Expectful's website. And not only are the meditations on there, but we have an interview with Dr. Yes, Jessica she's Zucker, amazing. who is the woman that started. She's so great. Yeah, I interviewed her for for my podcast and she she's just a beautiful human. And, and she's also very open about her story and we have like a bunch of resources on there as well. So yeah, it's, you know, it's, I feel so, I don't know how you guys feel, but I just feel so humbled to have like kind of entered this world of the whole journey of motherhood from conception to parenthood, you know, all the way up to like parenting, you know, way later in life. And it's just amazing. Like, I feel like it's the best group that you could ever belong Mm -hmm. to. Everyone just wants you to like, everyone wants you to feel great, you know? And even when like we're down, like other people are down, I know that there are some groups like you mentioned that just like don't really work with that and kind of focus on the negative, but like they're, they're just going through a hard experience as well. And like, what could we do to like, just offer compassion and I don't know, just get us all on the same page that we could thread together and just support each other, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we just recently, you know, I don't know if you know much about Melissa's story, but she'll be sharing about having her birth after her, her loss. And even in just re kind of telling that story together, really realizing that so much of our personal experiences really re- led to us trying to start this podcast. And then now we feel the same way, just yes. humbled by the amount of women's stories we've been able to put forth, the amount of people we've met. And honestly, like you said, the surprising amount of just really beautiful community and collaboration where, you know, we are lucky to be in the same spot where I feel like people are just when they are in our communities, cause they want to be there and they are enjoying it and celebrating it. And it's just been really beautiful yeah. to see. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Mm-hmm. It's, and you know, you mentioned this early on too, like people just need, women just need to be able to be heard <laughs> sometimes. Like, you know, sometimes it's that simple. Like we, there, we just need to be, in community and we need to be heard. And I think that's, you know, our, our goal with, with this podcast is for, 
for, you know, individual women to be heard, for their stories to be heard, but also just for the people listening to realize, like, I am, I am not alone. Like, not that our stories or experiences are identical, but what I experience in this show, I, and, and almost to a bizarre extent, every single guest that we interview, and, and Lara will probably laugh when I say this, but every single time, including this time, I'm like, me too, that's exactly what happened to me. And like, we could be talking about people who had like C-sections or like, who have had, you know, like nine children or who, I mean, it could be an adoption or yeah, like who have adopted babies, like things I have never done. And I'm listening to their story and I'm saying, yes, yes, I feel the same exact way. And to me, that is the most beautiful gift. And the most beautiful thing that can come from this is this sense of like, we are the same, like we belong to each other. And mm-hmm. I, I love that. It's, it's so powerful. Yeah. yeah. We're all connected. Like there's always something little that, that can swipe and connect us. Yeah. And just how like, how similar the experience of motherhood is despite the details being so different. Like we are, we are sharing an experience that is very, very outside of ourselves. And there is something very connecting about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are really excited. Like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode that we're going to be launching a collaboration with expectful this month. So, um, starting now, you can actually be part of Expectful. You can go to expectful.com slash motherbirth, and they are offering an exclusive free trial to motherbirth listeners. It's a three-week trial, so you can try it out and see what works for you. Um, and then from then, it's is it $9.99 a month? Is that right, Anna? Yep. Okay, so it's it's something that if you love it, which we know you're going to, um, you can you can keep using it for that monthly fee. And we're also, as part of Mother Birth, going to be launching um, 30 days of mindfulness because we really want to to experience this together as community. We don't want you know to just like encourage people to you know go and and do this on their own, which is also obviously beneficial and valuable. But we really want to experience this together as community. And so we are going to launch this 30 days of mindfulness. What we're asking for you is that you sign up for Expectful and that you participate. Let us know what you want to commit to. Let us know, I, you know, I want to, I want to meditate every single day, or I'm, you know, I'm willing to commit to trying three days a week and seeing how it goes from there. Um, we don't want, this isn't like a resolution thing. It's not like a challenge. It's not beat yourself up and get better and be a better human. It's, it's an invitation into everything that Anna's talking about, which is just this, this, um, this expandingness, this openness to, to really, really experiencing motherhood wherever you're at on the journey. And like she said, you know, they have meditations for uh, conception for, you know, for, for people who've experienced loss, there's pregnancy and birth and motherhood meditations and everything you know, the entire spectrum. So we'd love for you to participate with us this month. We're going to be also doing um, some live check-ins on Facebook each week uh, starting this week. So we'll we'll get information out to you on that. And next week, we're going to have Anna back on as a guest on Facebook Live where we are going to, she's going to do a short guided meditation with us. So for some people who maybe haven't gotten on board yet or who've been trying it out and are just maybe feeling a little bit stuck or excited and just have some questions and want 
want to kind of participate in a group environment, we're going to do a short guided meditation with Anna and then open it up to ask some questions. So if you've got questions about how it's going, um, about maybe something you're experiencing that you're not sure about, if you're feeling like you're having difficulty following through, um, we'd love for you to join us and be part of that. And we'll be um, putting Anna on the spot with some <laughs> with some. <laughs> fun questions that day. So we will uh, let people know what's what those dates will be on Facebook and and go from there. Laura? As, and as always, if you're not following us on Facebook or Instagram, this would be a good opportunity as we're going to be doing a lot of things this month as a community. So go ahead and uh, head over and join us and that way you don't miss exactly. anything. So Anna, do you want to just wrap us up today by just maybe telling us one little piece of little nugget of wisdom that you would that you would share with our listeners as we're inviting them into this experience together? Yeah, sure. In regards to meditation? Yeah, and just kind of what they can expect from from participating in Expectful and kind of a, a community experience of that. Yeah, sure. So when when you do sign up for Expectful, you immediately get access to all of our libraries. So we have Preparing to Conceive, which goes over different things like overcoming emotional challenges, overcoming physical challenges. Uh, we have sleep meditations. We have couples meditations, so meditations that you can do with your partner. And then if you're pregnant, we have trimester-specific meditations. So each library, depending on which trimester you're in, has meditations specifically for the different emotions that you might be going through, the different uh, physical things that might be coming up for you. Like you could do a body scan meditation, you could do a walking meditation. And same as with Preparing to Conceive, there are couples meditations throughout all three of the trimesters as well. That's and awesome. Yeah. And the third trimester you'll find at the bottom, there's meditations for preparing for birth. So meditations that you could do starting about three weeks before you're, you're ready to, you know, deliver. And then we have meditations for during birth. So if you kind of hang out with Expectful for a while and you're like, Hey, I think that these meditations would be really good while I'm in labor. These are meditations that you could use. And same, we have couples in there as well. And when you head over to motherhood, you'll find all the things you need, like focus meditation, <laughs> uh, nursing meditations, there's a balance meditation, there's sleep meditations. Our sleep meditations across the board in every library are the most used. Uh, women apparently really need to fall asleep. <laughs> I don't know what really you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those That's are really awesome. big. Uh, and on top of that, so obviously you get all these meditations. There's also an urgent care library. And what that is for is if say you're, you know, at your 20 week scan and you're sitting in the office and you're thinking you're getting a little anxious about the scan. Mm. These are three to five minute meditations that you could do just while you're sitting there or perhaps in the car before you walk in or any other time where you feel like you need calm fast. Yeah, like panic mode there. situations. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Those are for you. That's amazing. And yeah, outside of the meditations, you get the Be Expectful community, which I mentioned already. You also get exclusive content delivered to your inbox. So interviews that I've done with various experts in fertility and pre and postnatal care. 
and you get all the all the information about events that we're doing. So any kind of like expectful circles. I also uh, in the host of the expectful podcast where I interview all different kinds of experts and also just women who their stories I find really inspiring. I interview them. We talk about meditation a lot and. Yeah, I mean, I'm the community guide, so I can only talk from, you know, my experience. But as far as I can see, it's a pretty awesome community to be a part of. So I, I really welcome you to to come and join us. Awesome. Thanks so much, Anna. And thanks to you all for listening. We can't wait to do 30 Days of Mindfulness with you this month. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for listening to Mother Birth today. If you want to be a bigger part of our community, you can follow us on Instagram at motherbirth.co or connect with us on Facebook where we have all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff going on. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show and rate us in iTunes, which allows other people to find us and helps the show to grow. I think it goes without saying, but Mother Breast is a personal podcast created by Lara and Lisa. It's intended as general information. It doesn't constitute or substitute medical advice of any kind. You should always consult with your primary care provider with respect to your medical care. If you're pregnant, planning on becoming pregnant, or in the postpartum period. 